Welcome to the Less Stress Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. This is episode 127. I am Justin. And I'm Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I am great. How are you today? I'm very good. Thanks to everyone out there listening. I hope you're having a great day. We are having an awesome day. Yes. Because we're choosing to. Yes. (laughs) Okay, today we're talking about how you should start measuring backwards. And this came from James Clear. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago. And I just feel like it's hugely important for me right now. <laughs> yes. Do you feel that? Um, here's the story. Here's the story. We we have moved. I have moved the TV out of the living room. Out of we have we have no TV in our bedroom, in our living room, in our kitchen, anywhere in our living space. There's no TV. That took an hour. Like the adults. yes, the adult, the adults. Yes, yes, yes. So the kids have their video games on TV. So. As we were remodeling, I had to move the TV out of the living room, and I, ha- I took it downstairs and just stuck it somewhere. I felt like I was shooting our pet. <laughs> <laughs> I had so oh, much your little ESPN, buddy. I know, like sports, and then my updates on the world that I have my own channels, my homesteading channels that make me feel all like warm and fuzzy <laughs> sometimes, like. It was a like I twitched taking it downstairs, even though I was remodeling. I was like, "I'll bring you back. It'll be okay." <laughs> As we we're re- remodeling, though, I was like, "I really like not having this TV as a distraction." I read my eight hundred page book like in a couple of weeks because I wasn't distracted by the TV. I read I read a bunch of stuff. I actually talked to you a little more. Did you feel like the way? Uh, maybe you did talk to me more, <laughs> but it's just more peaceful. It's more peaceful. And so I brought the TV up, and I was getting it reset up again. And I was like, you know what? I'm just taking you back down. And I made that decision looking backwards and measuring my happiness, thinking about not in the future, like, what am I going to miss? What games are coming on? What, you know, what what shows? Or we don't watch a ton of stuff anymore. But, like, what am I going to miss? I'm going to miss these things. I didn't think that way. I measured backwards. Like, I was so happy and content and didn't feel didn't feel like the yuck I feel like watching the news. <laughs> I didn't have that in all of our living space. I was like, whoa. So that was a decision Decision that was made. Okay. So you ready to start talking about this? <clears throat> I'm going to get it. a drink. Okay. So I got to tell you, this was the thing that hooked me on this being a brilliant idea. And it's this quote from James Clear. And this is coming from his book, Atomic Habits. Um, happiness is no longer a finish line out there in the future, focusing on how you can immediately improve over your immediate past self is more satisfying than comparing your current state to where you hope you'll be someday. Oh my goodness, that is so my life. Like I, I didn't even realize it until I read this, but how much of me has is continually judging myself by where I am today compared to where I want to be in the future. Right, a future that does not exist yet. Right. As as opposed to where you already are. Right. 
And so I think I think it's easier for us to see progress and like, wow, they did such a good job on this or that. Like when you speak, people go, you did such a good job on that. And you prepared for it and you do like great jobs when you speak, but you're already thinking into the future again. I By know. By the time they're talking to you about how great you did, you're like, yeah, I know. I got to go. <laughs> but not in a bragging way. You're like, yeah, I know. But your mind's already like, you know, like zipping ahead to something else. And I feel like that is how our whole society, for the most part, has measured success. And I think with James Clear, he's he's saying, hey, that's that's a very flawed way to look at things. Yes. We talk a lot about Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. He deals only with entrepreneurs. And I deal with a ton of entrepreneurs in part of my work life. And we chronically, Dan Sullivan talks about looking towards the horizon. And you're always judging yourself against the horizon. Here's the scoop, guys. You can never achieve. You can never get to the horizon, right? So even if you have journeyed 500 miles, if you are always forward facing, there's just an exhaustion that sets in because you'll never get there. But if you stop and you turn around, you're like, oh my goodness, I just journeyed 500 miles. There's so much joy in that. Yeah. And so I'm just going to read part of this. Well, I'm reading probably more than that uh, part. But uh, James Clear says, We often measure progress by looking forward. We set goals. We plan milestones for our progress. Basically, we try to predict the future for some degree, to some degree. Um, that's also sometimes at your work or whatever, they give you this forward plans that as soon as you hear them, you know that's stupid because you're like, there's no way that can be done based on what happened last week in my workplace. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, that so makes me think about when I was teaching public school and we would get some crazy thing from people who've never been in a classroom that sat in some boardroom and made a decision. And they're like, you'll improve this by this, this, and this. And I'd think back on all the struggles that my kids had had the last week. And I was like, there is no shot of us reaching that. I didn't know what you're going to say. Okay, so all those different measurements we have that face forward, uh, they just create tons of stress because sometimes they're not from they're not from a realistic point of view, right? They're not judging and they and yes, it's like, okay, that goal is good, but there's no way you can do that in 30 days or you know whatever. So that creates angst. That creates like you just kind of lose confidence in whoever just said that or even yourself. You're like, even on your best day, you're like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to run a marathon. Well, have you ran a mile? No, but tomorrow I'm going to run a marathon. You know, we get all keyed up. So here's what James Clear says about measuring backwards. Each week he sits down at his computer and he fills out a little spreadsheet to track his metrics for his business. And so he bases basically what's coming, what he wants. Like he looks at his traffic, subscribers, revenue, expenses, so on. Um, so he has a process down. He can do it really quickly. But he looks over what's happened in the past week. And then he makes a judgment about the future based on these things that happened. I need to work on A, B, or C. Which is so like, yes, duh. I mean, I know. So basically he just uses the data, the recent data. And he just looks at the future and says, okay, based on this, this is what I need to work on. I didn't do this last week very well. I need to improve. That's so simple. <laughs> but yet we don't do it. Uh, he uses a similar strategy he talks about in the gym when he goes lift weights. Hey, I did this last week. And so this week I need to, you know, maybe increase. And he talks about the 1% that we talked about a couple, two podcasts ago. Yeah. So that is really good. 
Here's what here's what happens though, and he has a quote here from Samuel Johnson: "The chains of habit are too weak to be felt until you until they are too strong to be broken." So the chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. So James Clear says, when it comes to building good habits and breaking bad habits, one of our greatest struggles is maintaining awareness of what we are actually doing. The more automatic a behavior becomes, the less likely likely we are to notice it. This helps to explain how the consequences of bad habits can sneak up on us. By the time the repercussions of our actions are noticeable, we have already become hooked on a new pattern of behavior. Yes. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think that that's true about our thoughts, too. A lot of times we're not even aware of some of the lies we believe or the thoughts that we're having until they are so super ingrained that they feel overwhelming and impossible to break. Yeah. And going back to my TV story out of the living room, um, even though I still can't believe I did that, I feel like the negative energy and just noise and news that's coming through that TV has now like left my presence, you know, and I wasn't aware of how much I was having to process through the news, you know what I mean? Or, or just the information that was coming through the TV about people's opinions about things. And I still read some news online now, but just that flow, I'm so aware now. And I wasn't aware of how much I was having to swim through that, you know, if that makes sense. Um, he says measuring backwards can call attention to these invisible patterns patterns by making you aware of what you're actually doing. Measuring backwards forces you to take notice of your recent actions. You can't live in a fairy tale world of hopes and dreams. You have to look at the feedback of what has recently happened in your life and then base your decisions and improvements on those pieces of data. And I think that's the key to measuring backwards. You have to have some kind of data that you're basing it on. That can be homeschool. Did my kids get my work done? You know, did I, I need to look through their journals. Did they did they finish their task? It can be it can be any kind of feedback. It can be very complex feedback or it can be very simple feedback. But you have to have that feedback in order to measure backwards. You have any thoughts? Yes. <laughs> and I think that one thing that's important here is that it is recent feedback. So we're not looking at what happened a year ago. You're looking at what happened last week because that's it becomes not good data if you're looking at a great distance in the past. Right. And so also, and he talks about this too, and you, you, you read about it, but um, there's an additional benefit to this strategy of looking backwards. When you measure backwards, you get to enjoy the progress you are making right now rather than yearn for a different life in the future. I feel like all the Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media world where you see that gap between your life and the person smiling on the beach or the yacht or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm so, <laughs> I hate my life. I'm so frustrated. I'm, I wish I was them or whatever, whatever that feeling is. I feel like if you can obviously first avoid <laughs> getting distracted by that, but if you can look back in your own life, just the amount of happiness that has been there, but you just didn't pay attention to, you know, you didn't notice it. Um, I've noticed the kids just, I want to brag on them about doing music. 
they have just, I said, 30 minutes a day, you have to be playing an instrument. And we set up this program on musician. Um, they're doing that. But the amount of happiness they're getting, hey, dad, come here and look what I can do. And I'm like, I'm happy for them because they're doing the work. And there's just to be like, this is what you've done. And I know it's so simple, but it's like just appreciating that happy, you know, that happiness that in that moment right there. And you can look back over the week too, that it gives you data, how many hours have been played on the program, which is makes me happy to look at on that chart. (laughs) Yeah. I was actually just having a conversation with someone earlier today who was totally had more on her plate than she could handle and was feeling so super stressed out about it. Um, And I was sharing with her how I'd been practicing being in the present more. And I think, you know, if you're in, even if you're reflecting on what happened yesterday or what happened this past week, um, to celebrate those and to gauge where you are today, that you just have more contentment. It's like you're more grounded in the reality where you are. And what that does is it cuts down on the anxiety of what's coming in the future. Because your goals are more realistic, they're more grounded on what you're capable of and where you have been already. Um, And it just, I don't know, there's all kinds of fear and anxiousness um, and frustration and stress that can set in when we're too forward thinking. (laughs) Yes, how do you know that, honey? Yeah. So here, James Clear says, nearly every improvement we wish to make in our life requires some type of behavior change. And I think change for all of us, this is my own opinion, is just hard. Like it's easier to stay in the rut that you think you're in. Uh, You'd rather stay there than make slight, even slight changes sometimes. At least that's the way I am. The tough question then becomes, what should we do differently to get the results we want? And that's assuming that you do want to see some change. (laughs) So, but I think we all do. So we often respond by focusing on an outcome and setting a goal for ourselves. Goals are good and having a sense of direction for where you want to go is critical. But when it comes to determining the improvements we can make right now, and I think that's just so huge. So you want to have a goal, but in order to determine what you need to do next, you have to look backwards, not forwards. Uh, measuring backwards is the way to go. Let recent results drive your future actions. So I won't read the rest of this, but I do think, and I'm going to start building out a grid based on Zig Ziglar and my life looking backwards. You ready? So when you say Zig Ziglar, like referring to the wheel of life kind of framework that he has. So that would be looking at... Oh, sorry. Sorry. So I'm about to talk about it. Here we go. So we've talked about this before, several episodes, Zig Ziglar's Will of Life, and talk about your career. So these are just the different areas. So in the career, what do you need to measure? There's probably usually three things in all these that you need to measure. And you just need to find whatever those three things are. So like when I'm teaching, there's three things that when I was taught in the classroom, there were three things I needed to do. One, I needed to teach. Two, I needed to do the the paperwork. I had to make that its own category because I just, I hate grading papers. (laughs) So the paperwork would be the planning and then the uh, grading of stuff. And then the third thing was parent, would be communication with parents usually. So I made those two, those three things my priority. So in your career, what are those three things you need to measure? In your finances, what are those three things you need to measure? Your spiritual life, 
Um, I feel like our devotional time with our kids, I'm just doing a quick analysis myself. We're just making time to do it. We don't feel holy. <laughs> a lot of times we, like the other day, you had to be out the door and we didn't have very long. But we're like, we made a priority. We're like, hey, let's just do a quick devotional time. We read some verses. We prayed. It, you know, it wasn't kumbaya time. It wasn't heaven invading earth time. But we made time to do it. Yeah, I think it was like two minutes total. Mm-hmm. But it spoke really loudly, I feel like, to the kids that that was a priority. Even if it was short, we were making it a priority. Right. And I've noticed that as we spend time with growing, trying to just grow spiritually, just making space for it, just making space for spiritual growth, we've had so much better conversations and like heart-to-heart conversations have been easier. Do you feel that way? I do. I agree. Okay. So the spiritual side, then your physical side, like what do you need to do with your body? Three things. And that would probably be exercise and food. But it could be something else, another category. And just measure that. How are you going to, what's the measuring points for that? Intellectual, for me, looking back, reading. Like I just need to pick up a book and read it. Not read online, not a screen. Just for me, picking up a book slows me down. It forces me to slow down. Because I can skim through and scroll through online reading the same book. And I'm just like, I don't know. Something about the lights or the something, I don't know, is different. But I was telling you about that, that just... The intellectual activity of picking up a book and turning a page slows my self down. It's good. <laughs> so our family time, we need to stop. Uh, we do have family time because we're just still not quarantined, but still in, in definitely slower pace, I feel like, with COVID still. And social time, interacting. How do we do that? So those are three areas. I want to get a grid for us to look back on that for my own self. Do you have any other thoughts on this? I can see a spreadsheet coming. <laughs> Probably a loose spreadsheet. I don't I don't check the spreadsheet and fill it in all the time, but I do make mental notes on on pieces of paper. Yes. All right, you did good. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. I hope that this was valuable. It was really, you know, this couples well with the 1% gains that we talked about a couple episodes ago. So I feel like looking at where you are, reflecting on what's happened recently in order to set your new goal, and then not setting it like, I'm not going to jump over the Empire State Building. I'm just going to learn to jump up to two feet, you know, like just that 1% is huge. So look back and make a realistic 1% kind of goal for your week this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We want you, most of all, to remember that you are valuable and what you do matters. And it can just be that 1% and it's going to make a difference in someone's life. If you are looking at making just a 1% improvement in a health area, I am doing some studies right now focused on aches and discomforts, on stress and mood, on digestion, and on sleeping. So if any of those areas are ones that you would like to make a 1% improvement in, shoot me a private message on our Facebook page and I'll see if it would be a good fit for you to get plugged in to my next study. And the testimonials for this have been so cool. I know some of them made me cry because it was just the impact has improved people's quality of life so many different ways. 
Guys, we want to make sure that we do get connected with you in some way. So you can do that if you search for Less Stress Family on Facebook or on Shauna's Instagram account, Shauna Sheree Wood, or on our website, lsfpodcast.com. Have a blessed day. Thank you.